Hello, everybody, and happy day after Thanksgiving. Jason Sarney here with FinManiacs.com and a New York Jets versus Miami Dolphins preview. And I got two of my heavy hitters from FinManiacs in here. And when you speak heavy hitter, we got to talk offensive line because they didn't really do much hitting last game against Denver. So, Ron, you're going to talk a little bit about the offensive line play as well as everything going on into a Jet matchup. Are you not today, sir? Yes, sir. And uh, you have an article that hit this morning about the offensive line from last week. Yes, you did. It was not a pretty uh, Denver Broncos game. We'll obviously touch on that. But, you know, you move forward, and what better way to move forward than a winless team in the New York Jets that happens to be a division rival. So with that said, Brandon Longori, how are you doing, sir? How are you doing, guys? Uh, Hope you both had a wonderful Thanksgiving with family and friends. Um, Big week. No, the 0-10 New York Jets, the 6-4 and Miami Dolphins. We could probably label this as a, uh, as a, a trap game. The last time these two teams met a year ago in New York, came down in the final seconds. Sam, Sam Fitkin, a game-winning field goal as time ran off, and the Miami Dolphins suffering a loss. But that was 2019. We're here in, in 2020, and I'm getting ready for Week 12 this upcoming Sunday. Absolutely, and I trust both of you guys had happy and healthy and very filling Thanksgiving meals. So now you turn the page. We are going on into the major playoff run, which is really amazing to think about that the Dolphins are now in a major playoff run, not just in the hunt, but at this point, they're pretty much expected to really take care of business and win enough games to get into the playoffs. So with that said, there are holes to fix, Ron. And what did you notice? Let's just kind of touch a a moment on that Denver game. What you noticed, it's not all gloom and doom. So what are your takeaways from the offensive line and the offense overall specifically from that game? Well, considering everything, it's even with four new starters and two, sometimes three of them are the rookies. It wasn't all bad. It was, it was just a poor performance overall. They had no communication you could tell. And, and it just stood out from the first drive on, but it, they're still better, way better than they were in 2019, even changing four of the starters to new, to all new guys. Um, the bright spot was Karras at center, Ted Karras. He gave up no pressures and no sacks. So he, he anchored, but the other guys struggled. We gave up 18 pressures against Denver. But I was looking at it. From the Denver game to the Bengal game is that stretch of three games. I looked at that was a trap because we were coming off a five-game win streak and we're the second youngest team by like not even a year to be in the youngest team in the NFL. So I was looking at that, that as when was the, le- the, the trap game happening and thank God it was just the Denver game. I think now that with Flores – with the consistency and the accountability that I don't see it happening in this next few games, especially not against the Jets. I'm really glad you brought up that three game stretch with the where's the trap game. You know, it's out of the way. It's Denver. That that was the game that they lost. So if you get out of that stretch two and one, which is bare minimum, you know, you got two wins coming and it should start off with the Jets. So good analysis on finmaniacs.com about that offensive line. And Ron, you really know your stuff on that subject. Now on the other side of the ball, and I want to bring you in, Brandon, how good is this defense playing overall? 
And what were any fixes that you might have noticed that they have to work on from the Denver loss? Well, going back to the Denver performance this past Sunday, you saw the Dolphins were pretty much coming after Drew Locke early. I believe his first five or six balls that he threw were either way overthrown to the, to the wideouts, and they were all uh, incomplete passes. So the Dolphins' defense did a tremendous job. The run defense on, on the other end was just awful. I mean, giving up over 170 yards on the ground to any team, let alone the Denver Broncos, and no disrespect, I think Bit, uh, Bit Fangio has done a wonderful job. Uh, Melvin Gordon just simply tore apart Miami's run defense Sunday. Um, that's an issue that I'm sure Brian Flores and Josh Boyer, Miami's defensive coordinator, they'll definitely fix that. Uh, I, I don't see the, the, Dolph the Dolphins giving up 100 yard rushing to a team again this season. Maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, but for right now, I'm just, I'm just hopefully focusing on a win this upcoming Sunday against the winless New York Jets. The big problem was lack of sacks. Uh, you know, the defensive line, Manuel Agba, Shaq Lawson. I mean, even your linebackers and Andrew Van Ginkle, Kyle Van Noy have been getting good pressure, but there was really none of that against the Broncos. So let's bring in Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. So let's go back to Ron. Defensive line, another aspect of your uh, analysis that you love to talk about. Um, probably getting Christian Wilkins back. It looks like he's back from the COVID list. And how important is Wilkins to this defensive line with makes an importance to the overall defensive unit. Oh, it's huge. He brings the juice every play. He's vocal. He's I know he's only in his second year, but he helps line everybody up and and keeps the defense from getting that lull in, in for a couple of series. And I really liked our defensive line as a as a whole. Our run problem seems to be it's it's a intermix between wrong gap fill with our safety in the box and sometimes our linebackers can't get off the blocks like against the Denver game what I noticed like Raekwon really stepped up without having uh, Christian in there for two games he's I was hard on him you remember at the beginning of the year I was like oh my god that pick but he's really coming on and um Sealer is just a beast and overall, I think our line is play is getting better and better. We set the edge, but we just didn't fill the B and the A gaps. And that Gordon, like like Brandon was saying, he just cut it back up inside, and he was five eight yards down down the field and just gashed us. But I don't see the Jets doing that to us all that much. Kind of that, like Brandon said, I think that Brian and Boyer and Campanelli are really going to crack down on it and get these guys rolling again. The only problem I see, and it's not really a problem, and Brandon, I'm curious your thoughts on it. You know, you go back to the tape when uh, obviously it was to his first appearance. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick started the last Jet game. So you got a new starter into it. You got Sam Donald starting, so you don't have the Joe Flacco tape to really go off of. You have last year, but, you know, what what, what is that – affect the 2020 team knowing that it's not Flacco it's Darnold and uh to a brand new kind of situation it's almost like forget the 24 to 0 victory it's almost like right. game one right when uh and Sam Darnold I mean he's he's very familiar with the uh, Dolphins being in the, obviously in the same division you face the your divisional opponent twice Sam Darnold 
I mean, he'll he. I'm sure Sam Darnold watched a lot of tape on the first time that these two teams battled this during the season, 24-0. I mean, you saw we, you, you and I both were on that show, and we since we talked about it. Joe Flacco just got simply harassed. So it's going to be interesting to see with Sam Darnold, who's been out the past couple games. Will the Dolphins' defense bring pressure? Because I can tell you right now, coming off a loss like that against the Denver Broncos. Everyone's pissed. I mean, we can we we can all sit here and say, yeah, we had a five we had we had a five game winning streak, so you can call this a a a, a, a trap game. But the Dolphins are definitely going to have that Denver loss still in them, and they're going to bring all frustrations out on, on Sam Darnold. I believe Sam Darnold had a had a shoulder injury, so don't be surprised if the first couple offensive drives Sunday you see, you know, linebackers and defensive line guys just. Guys all around, you see Sam, because if you flash back to 2016, and I know I'm going back a, a, few, a few years back, 2016, I believe it was December, Bryce Petty was the, was the Jets' starting quarterback, and they brought uh, Dominican Sue and Cameron Wade both off the edge. One was on the left and one was on the right, and they absolutely tore apart Bryce Petty. Yeah, that, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily see that happening to Sam Darnold, but I'm just saying with the frustrations with the run defense and – just the overall play this past Sunday, don't be surprised if the Dolphins take their frustrations out on Darnold. That was one of the better – it's actually – it's a gif. I mean, you go on there, you look at the, you know, Giffy or whatever, you can actually see that Dominican Sue and Cameron Wake sandwich, which is fantastic. Yeah. We'd love to see uh, a little Law and Agba action with Shaq and Emmanuel getting them some of Sam Darnold. Now, to speak of Sam Darnold, and if you go deeper into the defense, you look at the secondary, Xavier Howard has been playing – lights out and uh i don't care if byron jones doesn't have an interception if he doesn't get an interception the rest of the season or looked at or name called that's his job i mean yeah. it's thankless it's like a middle reliever in baseball you do your job no one really talks about you but it's like probably one of the more important components of your overall unit and then you have a guy in nick needham and here's i'm going to throw it out again guys talked about how he knew keenan allen they're friends they've trained together he knows familiarity forget tape you physically know him right? Yeah. Sam Donald's from San Clemente, and so is Nick Needham. Nick Needham's first hello, I'm here play was that sack on Sam Donald. Uh, you know, he's got, like a, he's got a, I think, a, a life-size picture on his wall on that sack. I would, too, if I were him. But Sam Donald's a kid who he grew up with the entire life, knowing that this was the quarterback that everyone loved. And now, I think I'd rather be in Nick Needham's shoes. What do you think about uh, Sam Donald and his, you know, He's not really living up to the bill right now, Ron. No, he's not. And it, it is pretty much he is struggling with his weapons. And like last year, I know it's not 2019 anymore, but our amoeba confused him even then. And we didn't have uh, Van Oy and Ogba and Lawson and those guys. And I don't believe uh, – Van Ginkle was active. I think he was still hurt at the beginning of the season. There's that stretch. And now with it, with it rolling and the unheralded guys in the secondary with the Brent, Brandon Jones or Byron Jones and Bobby McCain, just playing lights out, just taking away the deep, deep middle. I, I look for Sam to, as they say, seeing ghosts again. And I just, I he he just needs something. I don't know what, but Sam will probably not be a jet. 
Oh, yeah, I see him going out west somehow. I don't know. I see him going a little bit more towards his home area. What do you think, Brandon? I mean, it's – well, to, if you guys want to speak about the upcoming NFL draft, I mean, I, number one, I don't see that if, – if the Jets don't win Sunday, I really don't see him winning pretty much any other game this season because I just simply think every other team down the line for, like, the last month and a half of the season just simply dominates the Jets in every category. But – I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll see. It's, it's kind of early to discuss whether Sam Darnold will stay, in, will stay in New York or whether he'll find other options. I mean, maybe he can go to a team like the, like the Chicago Bears. They, they, they seem like they don't, they're always trying to figure out whether it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky or Nick, or Nick Foles. I believe Trubisky starting this upcoming Sunday night. For the past, I believe, two, three weeks, it was Nick Foles. So he'll, he'll obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, he'll probably go to a team in, in 2021, who needs us a, a starting quarterback? But let's also not forget that the Jets overall, as an offense, they're pretty much ranked dead last in every category, being that their offensive coordinator is a former Miami Dolphins coach, and their head coach is a Miami Dolph- is a former Miami Dolphins head coach. So that's just kind of funny to me. But I don't know. We'll see. There's I've I've read about two articles on ESPN and, and Pro Football Talk. I know uh, Mike Florio does a, a, a wonderful job with that. And I believe Florio has the Dolphins losing Sunday. I think it was like 17-10. So it was like a low-scoring game. I think he said since Tua was on the end, the, they really didn't know whether Tua was going to play or not because he's on the injury report right now with a, a left thumb injury. But he should be fine. I'm going to tell you something about what I've learned from the Dolphins in the last couple of years. Two years, it's Brian Flores basically taking exactly what New England does in every way, shape, or form. When Tom Brady was a Patriot, he was questionable on the injured list for, I think, 47 consecutive weeks, starts, whatever it was. So maybe 140. But fact of the matter is, if, if Tua wasn't going to play, you'd know it by now. If it was going to be a factor, you'd know it by now. because you, you know, Or it, this is just the best kind of poker hand that Brian Flores has, and it, it's not necessarily a good hand, I would say, at the moment, because you want to go into this Jet game – with Tua, with the offensive line angry. And I'm going to put a little bit of this offensive line mess on Tua, out of the offensive coordinator, Chan Gailey, in terms of, if you notice, you know, let's go down the play clock a little bit. Get a cadence, get a hard snap count, change it up a little bit, try to trick the defensive line just in getting their timing off. Bradley Chubb knew it right away. Came out of the huddle, I think 14 seconds left in the play clock. Tua just went under center and said, down set, hike, and Chubb was there before the ball reached Tua. He had to step up, move over, and he just sailed the ball over Jakeem Grant. Wasn't even supposed to be the play. He should have really went to Devontae Parker on the outside. That was the first look. It was disrupted. And then all of a sudden, the momentum is on the defensive line side from Denver. But again, not to talk more about the Broncos. You want to talk about the Jets. I disagree with the Florio prediction, Brandon. We're going to talk game predictions now. I think... If they don't win by multiple possessions, it's a very telling negative. They should win this game tellingly, and I do think it's going to be 31-17, and I think that Darnold could potentially get knocked out of this game. What say you, Ron? Um, I can see where Florio's coming from a little bit, considering it's another, what we could, like we talked about earlier, the trap, the three-game set of games that can be trap games but uh I'm just looking at like Darnold is still nursing his shoulder 
and we're coming off and there's no way that Boyer and Flores is going to let our team come flat again. And I'm looking at 28 to maybe nine. The Jets have been scoring. They just can't put anything together and they can't maintain their drives. And it seems like they don't make an adjustment later on. Wait, Ron, that's, that's, so you, Ron, so you got two field goals? You got three field goals or you got or you got two field goals and possibly a safety? Well, it'd be, well, if you have nine, it would be three. Or you have a, a touchdown and a, and a safety. I, I see it's three field goals. <laughs> I'll tell you what, guys. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kind of combine it. I'm going to say it'll be a late touchdown, missed extra point, okay. garbage field goal from earlier. In the game. <laughs> yeah. It's the Jets, man. You know, it's the Adam Gase-led Jets. When you're a coach like Brian Flores and you come from New England – and we call it, you know, New England South is a joke. That's cool. But when you're Adam Gates and you take half your coaching staff up to the Jets, you don't want to do Miami North from 2018. So that's just my philosophy there. So I think we really are going to get out of here with a good win. Brandon, what's your overall, you know, give us a number, give us an actual aspect of this game. I mean, in all due, in all due respect to the, to the New York Jets organization, they really have – Pretty much nothing to put to play for. They've been mathematically eliminated from the 2021 NFL playoffs. They're pretty much in line to secure the first overall pick this upcoming April, whether they select quarterback Trevor Lawrence or anybody else. So they're obviously – their goal in mind on Sunday is spoil Miami's chances. But at the end of the day, like you had said, like, like Ron had said, I just don't see Brian Flores' team coming up flat for a second consecutive week. I mean, we can even think about going back to training camp when we were allowed to attend. Remember the uh, the uh, TNT wall when a player or a team overall would they would make a mistake, everybody would have to run and they would have to suffer con- with consequences. I just I just don't see the Dolphins coming up flat against a, uh, the only remaining winless team in the NFL. So if I had to give an exact score prediction, I'll go Dolphins twenty-seven, Jets seventeen. So I think we are all in agreement that this should be one of those games where we can kind of kick back as Dolphin fans. It's, it's rather rare against the Jets, albeit the last time was 24 nothing. But uh, I, I do think we are in for a good back end of the season. I think that uh, with the amount of games left, you need to go 4-2 and two to really put yourself in a decent position. And even at 3-3, three and three, you might even sneak in. But that could be very, very difficult if the math does not fall that way. So... Do the Dolphins have enough to make the playoffs? We shall see. And it starts on Sunday. Any last words against those J-E-T-S's, Brandon? What is that? No, just, uh, I mean, hopefully the Dolphins come out on top and improve their overall record to 7-4. and four. Um, it'll, it'll definitely be an, an, an interesting challenge because Sam Darnold hasn't faced his team since Ron had mentioned since 2019. And he has a, a one, he, I believe Sam Darnold only has one win in, in his career against the Miami Dolphins. So we'll just see. I'm I'm looking I'm I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to seeing whether two even starts or not, which I'm sure you will. But and Ron, get us out of here with your final jet thoughts on this game. Um I just see it like Brandon said, it's just not gonna be flat. It's gonna be an energetic game. 
And I feel bad for Darnold. It just shows that it matters a lot where you end up and not just your talent. That's a really good point, Ron. I do agree with that. He's a talented quarterback. He does not have the best situation. But lo and behold, we've seen what happens when that is the case in the NFL. So for Brandon Longori, for Ron Hyatt, check their stuff out on finmaniacs.com. They do a great job. And again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, guys, and to everyone out there. Take care, fins up, and we'll see you after the game on Sunday.